Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mino Line Media presents the Olivia Fox Podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's the Olivia Fox Podcast, the premiere show, and I am here. And let me just say this. I am feeling some kind of way because, you know, when you get back into something that you've done all your life, it's really like riding a bike. You get on the bike, you're kind of feeling a little off balance, but then once you get going, you're there. So y'all just, you know, you know, give me a little, give me a little time to get my stride right. But it is the Olivia Fox podcast. Thank you so much for uh, checking us out. Please, please, please. I need to know what you guys think, because this is kind of an interactive thing for me. I need the feedback. I need to know what you think about the show. What do you want to hear? Who do you want to hear from? And so make sure you like, subscribe, rate us and uh, let us know what you think. And, you know, we're going to see what it, see what happens, you know. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I do have to apologize before we get into it that I am sounding a little, uh, uh, <laughs> a little red fox, a little Sanford and Son, a little. I, 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 my my throat is a little raspy, but I'm gonna shake it off and we're gonna get into it because I'm happy to be here. Okay, so it's a new year, and I'm not gonna say new year, new me because, well, you know, that's such a cliche. But it is a new year, and this is the new venture for me with the good folks at Mino Lime Media. And so um, I thought a good time to launch this podcast would be around Martin Luther King weekend, Martin Luther King holiday. It's always meant a lot to me. But before we get into our guests and what we're going to be focusing on today, I want you all to know that every podcast, which is every Thursday, a new show will be available. I'm going to be telling you about the three things that mean something to me, the top three that matter to me. And so before we get all into the hardcore stuff, because a lot of you have listened to me for decades and some of you know me from Tampa, Florida. Some know me from Boston. Some know me from the syndicated show. And you, if you know me, you know, I can keep it balanced. I'm going to be serious about things, but then I might cut up here on the side. So I just have to make sure that I'm giving you what you want, which is perfect balance. So there have been some key things that have been going on and I just wanted to really shout out my black sisters, you know, being a black woman in the entertainment business in some kind of way, when you think about media award seasons in full effect. And I just have to say, you know, they used to say it's black girl year, or, you know, we are celebrating the black woman. But for me, I believe it's black woman decade because with all the award shows that I've been watching, we have just been getting our flowers and I'm glad to see it. I know that um, there's a couple biggies that are still coming, the Grammys and the Academy Awards, uh, but the Golden Globes happened uh, about a week ago. And uh, unfortunately, I just recently read that uh, quite a few people came down with COVID. So yeah, y'all, COVID's still out here in these streets. So um, I just wanted to say congratulations to all the women 
who are doing big things. I mean, we out here directing, acting, producing, writing, creating, and motivating others. And it just keeps going on and on. So I feel really good about that. And it just feels good to see folk that look like me. And you never know who might be motivating the next generation, who might look at those people that are on those award shows and say, you know what, I can do that. I can do that. So we need that. We need positive role models, positive reinforcement for the next generation. Because, Lord, y'all know there's a lot going on out in these streets. Also, I wanted to address COVID vaccine, kind of the subject matter on anti-vaxxers. Now, we have seen quite a few people that have, you know, passed on, whether it be cardiac arrests or heart attacks. And I am so sick of all these anti-vaxxers trying to blame everything on the vaccine. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't know anything about, you know, vaccines and how to make them and what the, how the body responds. And unfortunately, we've got a lot of people out here running their mouths that don't know either. They're just going on what they think or, you know, what they heard or what they saw. And it just gets on my nerves. First of all, it's hard when people pass on, especially if it's somebody you know, someone you love, even somebody you look up to like a celebrity or whatnot. So to hear people come up on the backside talking about, well, you know, it was probably the vaccine. It's just it's nonproductive. It's negative. And a lot of stuff that people are saying is all speculation. Unless you're a doctor or work in the field of making vaccines, you know, shut up. That's all. <laughs> just that was bothering me. I had to get that off my I had, I'm telling you, all I had to get it off my my spirit because people be getting on my nerves. I'm like, can folks just you know, rest in peace or if people are dealing with an illness, can they just recover without all these, you know, controversies and, oh, well, you know, you know, you haven't seen, as if people have not been dying of heart attacks and strokes and things prior to COVID. I mean, Michael Jackson, we can go down the line of all the people that have passed from heart attacks. Tom Petty, Alex Haley, heart disease is the number one killer uh, in the country. So, you know, I, I don't get it, but I just wish I would shut up. Finally, uh, you know, it's uh, Martin Luther King's birthday just recently passed. And, you know, as I alluded to earlier, I really wanted to launch this podcast around that time because, you know, Martin Luther King, as we all know, had a dream, you know, and he was trying to push our people forward, uh, faced a lot of adversity, violence, all kinds of stuff. But, you know, we like to think that we have made some progress. But if you look at the news and, you know, you, you see what's going on out here in the streets, you wonder, well, what happened? What happened to us? And I really want to get into that. What happened to us? Joining me today, he's not only my brother, but the brother has all kinds of accolades. He's one of the smartest people I know. He's the former president of Loudoun County, Virginia's NAACP. He's the president of Diverse Engagement, and he's always fighting the good fight. Uh, should I call you attorney, Philip Thompson? You can call me anything you want, sister. Okay, bro. Thank you so <laughs> much for joining me. This is crazy because, you know, it's been a minute since I've done my thing. And so to have somebody in my family that's here that, that can, you know, kind of bring it all around full, full circle, I just appreciate you uh, coming on because I know you're very, very busy. So let's get into it, you know. MLK, we are always going back and forth when crazy stuff happens, especially stuff that, that impacts our community, our people. 
is the dream alive or has Dr. King's dream unfulfilled? What, what is going on in, in your opinion? First off, I want to say thank you for having me. Um, it's good to have your voice back out here in the public domain. We miss your voice. We need your voice. Your voice is one of common sense mixed with some comedy, but mixed with some, you know, telling it straight up. So you keep doing your thing. I'm going to support you however I can um, and look forward to this. Uh, on your question, man, I don't know. You know, this, this is just, I don't know what the dream is turning into a nightmare for some people. You know, we we have, um, in some ways, we've, we've gone forward. In a lot of ways, we've gone forward. In other ways, we've devolved. And it's just, you know, we've got a problem that we can't figure out because I don't think, you know, the first thing for a drug addict to do is admit he's a drug addict before he gets fixed. And in the African-American community, we do not want to admit our problems. Um, we want to act like they're not there, you know, act like, you know, it's not our fault, whatever. You know, all the things that usually an addict does when they keep repeating and doing the same things they say. And I think that's a lot of what we have in our community. We have a culture that we have allowed a lot of, of stupid to take over from act right. And so now our culture is based on stupid than act right. And that's a problem. And I don't, I don't even know if we can fix it because the act rights don't get heard. All we hear is that other side of, and all that, all that noise. You got thousands of people, you know, that act right. You know, you, you would think that no black man, no black woman could ever get together in, in, in a relationship. You know, we, 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 we experienced 50 years of that with our parents and, you know, all up and down our street was the same thing. But people act like that's some sort of mysterious, operation and I'm you know I'm getting ready to hit 30 years of this and you know most of the people I know around me in some sort of you know relationship like that but man I don't know what 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 our problem is I don't even know if you can fix it because I don't think you can admit that you got a problem we admit that there's a problem and you know what um I'll agree and that's 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 a deep deep thought because you're right um until we can come face to face with our own demons you know it seems like we're always outside our yard yelling and and throwing stuff and you know standing up and to to our neighbors or you know so to speak but we will not come back a lot of us some of us are but a, a lot of us will not come up in our yard and say god look at all this look at that and look at that and you know what we got to do something we got to get together and i think a lot of it has um to do with People just not willing to 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 come together collectively, and it's it's not to say that everybody has to think the same, but like you said, until we can form a collective bond to focus on what we need to focus on, it just seems like nothing's nothing's going going to to change. Like for example, um, we heard about the University of Alabama basketball player. Um, you know, the, the, that's all alleged. He has been arrested on capital murder charges in, in down in Alabama. Um, allegedly he shot at a girl allegedly because, you know, he tried to, you know, throw game and game fail. And allegedly they're saying that's what, you know, caused all this to happen. And so, you know, me, I'm all up on the blogs, all over the internet. And it's just mind blowing that people are not willing to admit that we have a problem in our community with our young black men. Instead, it's distraction. You know, well, it's got to be something more than that. 
or, you know, she must have did something or somebody else must have, you know, just admit, first of all, acknowledge that this girl's life is over, but they don't want to even do that. It's, it's a deflection on what exactly happened. So, you know, that's just one story of many. So when we hear about, you know, these young lives being taken, you know, I am all about fighting against police brutality. And we've talked about this. But if you can get a march together when someone loses their life at the hands of a police officer, where is all the outrage when one of our own is killing our own for no reason? But, you know, and you look at the commentary that the, the basketball coach, you know, Alabama, which I, I don't know if he's white or black, but oh, he's talking about, well, my team is grieving. Well, wait a minute. A woman got killed. You need to stop, hold a news conference. And the first thing you say is this is a tragedy beyond tragedies that no matter what this woman did, she didn't deserve a bullet. I remember when Coach Prime, when his team was going down there to Houston and it had been a big shootout, the, the rapper had gotten killed. And he just said point blank, y'all not leaving this hotel. And he talked about insight to these young kids about what it is this problem is and what we got to try to do to fix it. This coach, he's too much worried about basketball games. He ain't worried about the culture. He ain't worried about why does an eight, 19-year-old kid on scholarship at the University of Alabama need a gun? You know, we don't even get to the root cause. And that's one of our problems with our community is that we never get to the, the original sin. Why would this kid need a gun? What do you need a gun for at the University of Alabama? Alabama, they treat their athletes like gods. Down they do. There. What do you need a gun for? What are you going to get shot at? So if we can't even get to the root cause and say, hey, this is completely wrong and stop and pause, especially when something this happens this nationally and say, this is this is way out of whack. This ain't good. You know, I can't I can't have this. We got to talk to our kids. We got to do something here. Nobody is on business as usual. You know, Alabama got a basketball game against Kentucky, man. We ain't got time for this. Right. And that's why we just keep getting kids shot and killed. And then everybody goes and gets on the Metro the next day and goes to work because nobody takes the time to stop and say this is this is a tragedy. And it, and, and it was something that cascaded for a long time. And I thought, you know, I don't mean to get on a bandwagon and get after to get after it, but. You know, violence was there before President Obama, but it was picking up. And he just never went out and just said, man, we got to do something about this. I'm going to lead the charge on this. I'm, you know, I feel I'm an African-American man. I see my African-American kids getting killed. I'm going to lead the charge. I'm going to do something. If Obama wouldn't take leadership on this, who's going to take leadership? True. True. And, 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 you know, I think sometimes, you know, some of us in our community are looking for somebody to save us. You know, we're so past that. To me, there's no real, you know, mouthpiece leader because we're so um, all over the place. We have all different types of, you know, people and agendas, you know, that that are trying to do different things that may not necessarily benefit our communities and benefit the culture. And so with everybody off doing their own thing, it's hard to to even get focused. And then. Once you start to say, look, this is an issue, you know, we need to do this, this and this. Then people start getting sensitive because they feel like they're being attacked or being singled out for this this problem, this huge issue we have in our culture. Because it's, it's really not about just one person. Um, you know, is it upbringing? Who's bringing them up? Is it is it environment? 
Is it, you know, uh, going to public, private schools? Is it, you know, the area that you're in? Is it, you know, what is it? And, and we can't even get there to try to pinpoint what the issue is. And then on the other side, because I've, I've worked in radio for years and years and years, the music that you hear on, you know, out in, in, in online, because young people don't really listen to radio stations anymore. They get their music from, you know, being online, but it's so counterproductive and so hateful. It's, 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 I don't care nothing about you, girl. I don't care about you, no, you boy. I'm using my own terms because you know what they're saying. I don't care about this. Jeep. I don't care about this. You know, that's, that's the, that's the jargon. And it's really all about the breaking, the splitting of the black family. There's no love. There's no love in any of these lyrics. And this is what our kids, young people, the ones out here banging are listening to. Well, you go on you go online, and, and the top things you see online, like a Charleston White or Kevin Samuels when he was out there, rest in peace, or the Lapeef Let's Talk, or whatever these shows are, it's all boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, fighting, and nobody's t- talking anything cooperative. Everything is just scuffling and fighting, and you you ain't this, and you don't submit, and you stupid, and you do this, and you ain't you fat, and you blah 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 blah. All we do is attack. We don't have nobody holding nobody's hand saying, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be good. And we used to get a lot of that in church, but, you know, even that's skewed in a way with, with a lot of what we have with, you know, ministers out there seeming like they're more important. It's more important to get your pocket full than it is to saving souls or getting out in your community and turning your community out because we different than you. We better than you because we believe and you don't believe and my church is better than your church and blah, blah, blah. And so we don't have any institution among us, especially for African-Americans, that's this a togetherness institution. And we nostalgically look at Martin Luther King and we all come together and we go march and, oh, look, we should overcome and blah, blah, blah. And then we gone two minutes later, uh, you know, I'm over here with my group, you're over here with your group. I saw that at, um, our, I would do a march out here at Leesburg every year and we line up and it's everybody's group, Kappa's. AKs, NAACP, this, that, and this. Man, throw all them signs away and mingle. And mingle as a group. We put all these signs and stuff. I'm going to mention that next year. Throw all them signs away and just walk as a group. Walk as one. Walk as, a group. walk as one. We I don't care about your attorney, sorority, because you know the police pull you over. They're going to see who you are. They don't, they don't care if you're wearing Kappa, Mega. It's his ass whooping right. time, you know. So that's one of the problems. But I think another problem we got freedom that has run amok. Too much freedom. We just got too much freedom. I don't know how you scale it back, but now we have just gone out here and say, you know, you can do and say whatever you can do. We came up, and I don't want to talk about the good old times, but they weren't good old times. They weren't good. They were just our right. time. But there was a structure to things. There was a there was a there was a structure to life. There were some lines you didn't cross. There were some things you didn't do. Some people were suppressed, and that's that's a bad thing. You know, we have an older brother that's gay, and he felt he was suppressed in his, in, in, in coming up, and he was because he was in a different world and different environment. And I, and I feel for him for that. But there was structure to this to this stuff, man. There's no structure to it. And even us, us, you know, people that are trying to raise our kids, you know, sometimes they come home, and I'm sure you had yours come home, and you like listen to her and look at her like. In the, oh boy, 
<laughs> That's all you can do because she is on the line going straight. And so you say, okay, she's straight, but you just wonder what they what their world is going to be because the thoughts, the things that come out of their mouth, you know, can astound you. And I guess maybe we're just old folks, but you know, I think I'm I got a progressive thought process, but I don't know. I just I don't know anymore. And and, and I guess that's what happens when you get a certain age. You know, it's not your time, it's not your turn, it's not your place. So you just you just get older and you go and you know find some cannabis. And relax <laughs> and, you, know. you silly! <laughs> Who does that anyway? <laughs> I am in a state now where cannabis is legal. It's legal in the Commonwealth. Uh, they still try to figure out a way to sell it. And they're going to let the rich people sell it first, and then everybody else can come later. But it is legal to possess cannabis. And uh, not that I'm not that I'm telling anybody to do drugs. But, you know, um, some of us uh, may need a little help here now. I mean, you know, either you're being called a boomer, which I'm not a boomer. I'm a Gen Xer. To me, it's insulting because, one, you're you're saying that my opinion is no longer valid or doesn't matter because I got some age on me. But I, you know, I have a a daughter that's 19. So I'd like to think that I'm kind of up on what's going on. I'm on the Internet. I'm on the social media you know, reading the blog. So I feel like I have a perspective of a little bit of everything because you really have to have uh, the uh, willingness to look at different opinions from different ways. The, the, the last midterm election, um, if it taught me nothing else, it taught me that Gen Z is coming. And if you think about it, these kids that are 16 years old in two years, for the, they'll, they're going to be voting. And they turned out for the midterm. So, you know, you can't discount young people. You can't just say, oh, well, they just young. You can't. You, you really have to take the time to listen or to to either um, be open to a different opinion and not be so dismissive because, you know, it's a cliche, but they are the ones that are going to be running the world. And, and to me, it's frightening because where is the bottom? of and and i'm not just saying in the black community but in in for human beings where is our bottom it seems like there is no bottom anymore for anything i don't think there's a bottom and by the way all you young kids want y'all to work real hard and continue to finance that social security because i'm about (laughs) five years away and i want my money it's got to be there so i need y'all to go social security is a ponzi scheme and I'm at the top of the Ponzi right now. So all y'all collective kids need to bust y'all's butts and get that money up there for me at the top of this Ponzi scheme up here. You are right? hilarious. So y'all go bust y'all's butts and don't mess up that stock market because I need that money. But y'all get out there and work hard <laughs> and contribute to Social Security. It won't be there when you get old, but that's your problem. <laughs> now that I got that public service announcement out of the way, um, as far as the bottom... I don't know where the bottom is. I, you know, I mean, I'm on a blog with a bunch of fellas and we've just gotten to the point where we'll point out a shooting or something and somebody will say nothing to see here. Move along. Nothing to see here. Move along. Nothing. To, and that's that's how it is. There's nothing to see. Oh, five people got shot. Nothing to see here. Keep going. Move along. And we're, we're saying that facetiously, of course, but that's where we are. You know, there's the level of violence and the level of foolishness is just off the chain. And it scares even people like me who for years rode around D.C. and hung out and blah, blah, blah with no kind of artillery. And now 
I go out in my car and I don't got something in it. I feel naked. I'm like, whoa, man, I'm, I'm out here by myself. That's ridiculous to have to feel that right. way. That's ridiculous. As you know, I got a nice little car now that I brought. Now, I'm not going to say about my car, but I'm just saying I won't take it into the city of D.C. I wouldn't take that car in the city of D.C. because if I did, I had to put my thing on my lap waiting for somebody to jack me. And then I got to think cost benefit analysis if I blow this kid away because he's trying to get my car. What is the price to me? So, you know, because I'm an old man. I can't, as one of my friends said, I can't go watch another man pee for five years uh, uh, and use the bathroom right next to me for five years. So I ain't trying to go to jail. And then there's that, car, right. But, so then you just avoid it. You avoid I mean, you just had an issue down there in D.C. Um, them dudes could have got mad at you and threw lead. Because they hit you with their car, hit you and your daughter with their car, they could have threw lead at you just because you in their way. That's that's the level of stupidity we at now, where you can get lead thrown at you for doing nothing. At and all. it's crazy that you mentioned that. Uh, my daughter and I were involved in a hit and run, um, being pedestrians, and and got hit. And turns out we find Get out the me. car was stolen. That's why they ran. That and probably <laughs> they just didn't care. But I, I'm thankful because maybe two or three days later, you know, there was another hit and run and, and they didn't do so well. So there's just so well. there's just no there's no bottom. Um, and, and like you said, it, it, it is scary because you have to adjust your life. Um, yeah, it's almost like people have become desensitized at the loss of life. And my thoughts are, what do you think Dr. Martin Luther King would think in 2023? I remember the Boondocks did a, um, uh, uh, a segment where Dr. King came back uh, during the Boondocks. And it was funny, but it was also very sad. But, you know, you being a former Marine, tough guy, attorney, educated, well off, what I mean, what what do you think Dr. Martin Luther King would say here in 2023? I, I think we, I think he would probably wouldn't show it, but he'd be disappointed, yeah. and he'd be disappointed that that not just you know not the fact that we haven't taken take, taken advantage of opportunities because a lot of people have taken advantage of opportunities. I mean, you know, although I sent you some statistics today that shows that collectively we at the bottom of the barrel economically in this country, uh, income wise, and it's just it's, it's stunning how bad we are off. And I know a lot of people don't look at those statistics, but you know, something I watch a lot. Um, but I think what we would have with, with Dr. King, he would be a little bit upset at, at how we're using our freedom. You know, we're not using our freedom productively in a lot of ways. Um, I think the other part would be how we're just not supporting each other. We just don't support each other. We don't support each other. I mean, as soon as you rub two pennies together, somebody's going to somebody's right. hate them. We hate left and right. You know, we got, you know, black people on TV talking about, you know, uh, uh, Jackson, he ain't that nothing. You know, Lamar Jackson ain't this, ain't that. And his brother, man, carried Baltimore for three years, three and a half years, gets hurt a little bit, had a little contract dispute, a little hurt. And you got people that just can't wait to come out and, 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 and crap on it. And it's just like, man, that's where we are in this world. It's, uh, it's, it's stunning how fast people will turn on you. Uh, you know, one of my good friends is the lieutenant governor over here in uh, in the state of Virginia, uh, Justin Fairfax. And, you know, he has some allegations on him. And the people that was throwing the rope over the tree 
to to to, to lynch my man was was black people. Mm. You know, black politicians was, was 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 jumping over top of each other to see who could be the first one to get the rope over the tree. And it was just stunning to see this. And then their stupid justifications for what they did was just was just really it was really sad. And it just showed you the state of where we are that, you know, something will happen and black people will be the first person to throw the rope over the tree to get you up there. And it's just, you know, that's where we are or put a bullet in you or something. And it's it's. um. I feel like uh, what's that thing about Miles Miles Lane or, or how the boxing? You know, when you go in the boxing ring, what they tell you protect yourself at right. all times. That should be your model when you walk out the door of your house every day. Protect yourself at all times because you don't know where it's coming. From. Wow, and that's deep. So to close it out, because you know we live this life, so we know where we are, and 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 we do have a, a crazy outlook on the future of us. But because we are a people of survivors and we are able to um, take a lot, but just continue to thrive and live, regardless of whether it's negative or positive. Um, any solutions from a local level with people in their own communities? Because I, I believe, you know, voting on a national level, voting on a local level of state and then voting where I live in my community. So if we're going to start to try to change the narrative, how do you, or what do you think people can do from a community standpoint to make a difference? Cause I mean, you, you, you have to do something. You can't just say, sit back and say, Oh Lord, look where we at. And look at these kids. And cause we sound like our father, the way our dad, you know, we do. But when you get, when you get done with all that him and hawing, you've got to say, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute now. I know my mom and dad who were married for 50 years would want us to do something. And, and to me, for me, I, I, I have to do something. I, I have to give back. I have to, you know, in some kind of way, have some kind of impact, even if it's on a very small scale. So from a community level, what would you say people can do to attempt to just put a dent in this thing to, to, to make a difference, to try to change. You know, there's hundreds of organizations out here to do things, but I'm, I'm going to give you an example. Um, Tanja's niece, Juana, Juana Hardy. Juana started Guns Down Friday, and she started it just on a humbug, her, you know, this violence thing was happening in the D.C. area, and it grew into a, a major force. She had people like Kevin Garnett, uh, there's a picture of her with Nancy Pelosi on the on the on the on the on the, on the uh, National Mall. Um, that's one person who said, "Man, I can't take this no more. I got to do something." She probably saved some lives. She opened some eyes. That's what the kind of commitment you have to have. You know, I'm I'm gonna run. I'm going down, run down to Richmond. You know, ain't nobody paying me, but you know, I see what's going to happen. This marijuana bill. They're going to allow the uh, sales of marijuana, and they want to give it to the big white companies. And not to the minorities and not have equity social equity so i'm getting off my butt i ain't got a dog in this hunt yet i hope to have one one of these days but i don't have a dog in this hunt to go down there and testify i've been fighting this bill for two years and so people think sometimes you, that i can't i can't singularly do anything you can singularly do a whole lot of things and you can join with like-minded people you know, I always have people tell me, oh, I'm good with the NAACP. Oh, NAACP don't do nothing. Oh, NAACP. Man, NAACP, you know, on a daily basis, we out here scratching right. folks. And I know. 
we scrap the post. And there's no bigger credit credit on the NAACP than me. I criticize them for a lot of internal things they do and 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 situations they're in. And there's a lot of people in the NAACP who are more tuned to want to be NAACP and actually do real work. And I'm about the real work. So those kind of people and me, we don't get along well because I, I don't I don't want to wear no badge saying I'm NAACP and feel good around your community. I want to get in there and crank and do some work. But you just got to you got to go in and do work um, at the, at the you, you can do it at the top level, the bottom level. Um, the first thing you need to do is make sure you register and go vote, you know, and, and be smart about your vote. You know, we African-Americans, sometimes we, we, we got to start being transactional and just not bandwagonish. We bandwagon to the Democrats. And there's obvious reasons. Republicans agenda and some of the things that come out of their mouth just, you know, astounds us uh, on a daily basis. But. We have to be transactional. You know, I think uh, you know, like African-Americans made a big mistake right off the bat, jumping on Donald Trump and, you know, saying bad things about him because he's, he was a child. And being a child, when you say things to a child, they're going to react a certain way. If we came out and said, you know, Mr. Trump, we'll give you a, give you a chance, but we need a few things done for us. You got to do a deal with us. You know, we got to in the ACP and some of these groups that say, you know, we, we don't want to come in and dump on you right now. Be transactional. Get things done. That man would have done a whole lot of stuff for us. If, you know, we didn't start off the bat throwing rocks at him. And I know a lot of people like, well, Trump this, Trump that. Yeah, we all know who Trump was, but his, she was childish. And so if you, if you kind of, you know, work with him, you had an opportunity to get things done. And we needed things done in our community. We constantly need things done. So we got to be more transactional rather than, you know, doctrinal and just, you know, fall in line with Democrats. And Democrats say this, this is the best way to do it. It's the only way we can do it. Because you know what? Them damn Democrats sell us out. On the daily, on the daily, we give them 90 something percent of our votes and them jokers will sell our agenda down the tubes in a heartbeat and they don't have no discretion on it. Oh, well, we tried. Well, if you tried, maybe you would have shut down. The, maybe you would have shut the place down. You know, if you would have said ain't nothing coming through here until we get right. this vote. They ain't going to do that. We ain't, our, our black politicians ain't never going to stand up and, and stand for stand tall for something. They will transaction your tail on out the back door. And so, you know, we have to as voters. I know people say, well, why didn't why vote for them? Well, you know, you always vote. You always vote. You always get your vote counted. You know, we have to somehow become more transactional. We have to roll with the transaction. And I think if you start balancing it out a little bit, we'll see better outcomes for us. We're Republicans. And believe me, I, I hear things come out their mouth that astounds me. We got a governor over here and he says some of the wildest, craziest nonsense you ever want to hear but on the other hand he does control the government so sometimes we got to deal with this dude and try to try to get something so done. sometimes you 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 have to do what you have to do to get what you need you know sometimes that's sometimes but i think i i think you know to piggyback on what you said i think in order to even begin to get into it you have to get a plan and have to understand that the power that we have collectively that's another thing that I don't think that we truly acknowledge that we have so much power collectively. We, we, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think people realize that the the power within the black and brown community. I want to say one thing, Olivia. This is going to be controversial, but you know, fundamentally, black people are still scared of white people. And when I say that, they're not physically scared that a white person is going to beat you up. But they are scared to step out, and it's because of our culture and our history. If you get your head out there too far, it might end up somewhere you don't want it. 
but we we're we're afraid to ask the question. We're afraid to pound the door. We need a gang of people in order to go and, and air our problems, and we don't. You know, we, we we just got a problem where we're fundamentally afraid of them, and I see that all the time. And and and, and uh, um, a buddy of mine down there in Richmond, I won't call his name, but he he called it the scared Negro syndrome, <laughs> and he just said that you know, it's collectively. You know, you and I, we raised we raised around the greater community all our lives. So, you know, to, to talk talk back to a teacher or talk best, that's just who we were. But a lot of people, I guess they haven't had enough interaction with, with white people to be able to just get in their face and just say, hey, you're wrong. Uh, you know, that's nonsense. What's coming out your mouth? You know, I don't know what you're saying. You know, I'm not going along with that. You know, you're not better than me. You put your pants leg on one leg at a time. You tie your shoes up just like I do. Um, you got problems like I do, uh, and and like me, you probably can't dunk a basketball. So I'm not intimidated by you, and that's that's a that's a factor that we the problem that we have in our community is a lot of people are afraid to speak out because white white man might say something, white people might be mad, white people might move, and I say, man, the hell with that. You know, if you don't stand up, you know, if you if, as, as Justin with Justin Fairfax, my buddy Justin would say, if you you know if you if you're not sitting at the table. If you're not sitting at the table, then you're on the menu. Wow. So you need to be on the table or you're going to be a, you're going to be you're going to be part of the That's menu. deep. That's deep. You've hit on a lot of different points that really got me scratching my head because, you know, you you go into a conversation thinking one thing, uh, but you learn all these other different facets and, and ideas and opinions. And and to me. Just this dialogue alone is one as an example of how I think people need to be open to different opinions and open to different viewpoints. And and we've gotten so away from that with this cancel culture. You can't say nothing to nobody. You can't say nothing to nobody or you will get canceled. Well, I tell you right now, you can't cancel me because I canceled my damn self and I'm coming back. So <laughs> you can't cancel me. I canceled myself. And so, you know, if you carry it like that, you can pretty much, you know, do what you want to do. Look, brother, I appreciate you so much. How can people get in contact with you in case they want to say, yeah, I want to talk to that guest you had. He's foolish. <laughs> How can they find you? You know, man, I kind of got I kind of jumped off social media because, uh, you know, it was getting a little, a little it was getting to assume too much of my time. And I needed my time in order to start reading some books and get my get my head back. You know, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm out here. I'm an attorney, Philip E. Thompson, attorney uh, at law. Uh, my company is, uh, is online. It's Diverse Engagement, uh, www.diverseengagement.com. Um, you know, I'm not hard to find. Uh, people find me all the time because they always call me to ask me to do stuff. Um, but, you know, my, 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 my goal in the next few years is, is to try to do what you're doing right here. Get out here and put the message out talk about things, invite people. My wife and I actually are, are, are going to do a, 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 a co-show. I don't know how that's going to work out. I'm going to build my little doghouse out back because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'll probably end up in that box. <laughs> you know you know how the good doctor is. She don't she don't play. Uh, she, she cuts quick and cuts deep. So, But, man, this is great, uh, uh, Olivia, for you to get back in the game, man. We need your voice. We need your leadership. We need you out here. You know, it's so rare to have um you know you hear a lot of radio hosts and stuff but they don't have your background man they don't know where you come from they ain't been to siu carbondale they ain't done halloween <laughs> at siu carbondale so they, so they don't even know 
they think they know about parting. You have forgot more about putting it down than these people can. So, you know, I'm really supportive of what you're doing. Anything we can do to get you out there, let us know. Folks, y'all need to listen to Olivia because Olivia knows what she's talking about. She's smart, capable, and she'll learn and she'll listen and she won't judge. So I appreciate let's it, go. bro. Hey, it's up me out. I appreciate it. I let's appreciate go. that. All love. You know, that's what's up. Yo. Well, um, it's my brother. He's a lawyer, a Marine, and he's out here fighting the good fight. And hopefully you are encouraged to do so as well on whatever level grassroots whatever you can do to try to make a difference in our community that's the goal right here with the olivia fox uh podcast make sure you like and subscribe please 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 and don't hold back you know rate us let us know what you think if there's something you disagree with if you got a you got a problem with me bring it because, you know, I don't be backing down. I want to hear it. I want to know what's going on. Because, you know, it's really about a dialogue. I feel like that's what's missing in this world. Folks don't have an opportunity to go to an open forum and actually have a dialogue and, and not have to be walking on eggshells, afraid you're going to say something that's going to get you canceled. This is a place where you can come. You can listen. You can sit down. Maybe you might learn something. Maybe you might be able to teach me something. I'm always open. You ain't never too old to learn something new. But whatever you decide to do, just make sure you check out your girl and like and subscribe. Phil, I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys for uh, tuning in. If I say appreciate one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. I got to get my vocabulary together. I got to get myself together. But uh, thank you so much for listening to the Olivia Fox podcast. Remember to tell a friend to tell a friend. We have new podcasts every Thursday right here uh, with Olivia Fox and Mean Old Lion Media. We'll talk to you again soon. The Olivia Fox Podcast is produced and hosted by Olivia Fox. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Olivia Fox Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, comment, and rate. Follow Olivia Fox on IG at Olivia Fox Radio. Follow the Mean O-Line Media Podcast Network at Mean O-Line Media. Get the Mean O-Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The Olivia Fox Podcast is a Mean O-Line Media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.